over here. You look like a person of <clears throat> distinctive tastes. Well, you've come to the right place. Follow me through this alley. To the wrong side of the tracks. Through this sewer pipe. And around, and around the bed. bed. To the sleazy, slimy world called the funny, the funny book book underbelly. underbelly. Hello and welcome to the sophomore episode of the Funny Book Underbelly. Sophomore. <laughs> yeah, our sophomore, 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 sophomore effort of... Sophomoric episode. Yes, our sophomore, right. it'll all be sophomoric. And that is, I am, I'm Chris Honeywell and, and the other voice you're hearing is Johnny Bueno or Jack DiMartino or, I was thinking in Mech. In Mexican, in Spanish, your name would be Juan Juan Bueno, and if it, you should be Juan B Bueno, so you would be like the Mex the Mexican Johnny B Good. <laughs> yeah, I could, couldn't I? Yeah. Oh boy. Hope I don't. Hope I bring my passport at least next time I cross the border. Juan B Bueno. <laughs> but um, yeah, it's um. Last time we start, we sort of started out the the whole. The series with just we we had um, Dan Fogel who was a great opening guest because that guy that guy has a lot to say <laughs> and is very entertaining about how he says it and uh, it was great because he was kind of like an encyclopedia of of undergrounds too so now now we're gonna start like focusing in a little bit on like specific artists and stuff and hopefully we're gonna talk some of them in the future and actually into coming on I. Yeah, I, absolutely. I hope, <laughs> I hope we, we were able to to hear from some of these guys. But um this time we're doing this guy named Dennis Warden, um who's famous for uh stick boy comics. Well anyway, we were gonna we were gonna um um sort of bring one of our favorite each one of us bring one of our favorite Dennis Warden comics and and talk about it. And it turns out we picked the same Dennis Warden comics, so we're going to talk about that. But first, Johnny Bueno is going to give you the skinny on some actual, some new underground comics that are that are coming out or have come out. Yeah, I would say that uh, it, it's kind of funny because you know don't really do the superhero genre so much anymore. So my uh, my weekly Wednesday is typically well, you know. It's not that huge as it big as it used to be. But, not a big uh, a selection as it was like in the '90s. No, no. But this week, my God, everything seemed to come in, including a brand new Richard Corbin comic, Ooh. which is uh, called Murky World. Um, classic, classic Corbin in the black and white style. And uh, I almost don't know anything Corbin's done that hasn't been like classic Corbin. You know what I mean? There's hardly been anything that he's done that's been like, oh, there's some shoddy work by Richard Corbin. Well, I mean, he's done some stuff that's where he's kind of, I think, I'm pretty sure he did uh, He did the art for that Cage miniseries by Marvel a few years back, I think about 10 years ago. But uh, I think that's as far out as he's gotten away from his style. 
Mm-hmm. But um, I haven't had a chance to read any of my comics yet this weekend because we went and saw Star Wars like all you other true believers out there. But mm-hmm. um, I so, saw it last night. Yeah, I saw it. Not bad. My uh, almost six-year-old got to see it. I know uh, much to some people's chagrin, but that's okay. <laughs> that's okay yes um, and the other comic well there's a few other ones Ferals number two by Dave Laffham which I still haven't read yet I haven't been to the comic shop I'm way overdue for a trip to the comic shop so I haven't checked that out yet but you've been getting on me to read yeah that. it's it's awesome it's uh, it's what uh, it's for werewolves it's, it's kind of like the walking dead for werewolves in my opinion it's just like beautifully illustrated extremely graphic but you know, just because it's graphic doesn't mean that it has to be uh, you know is ha- a requirement but it just it works really well together and then uh, then we have a whole bunch of other you know people would consider kitty comics but in this day and age I don't know if there's really any such thing I guess the closest thing would be uh, uh, the Archie. new well the new Adventure Time came out with Finn and Jake are you familiar with uh, Adventure Time? Um, is who was I just talking to? We were, I was just talking to somebody about it. I saw Adventure Time when I went to visit Scott last time, and I got off the bus, and he had to go to work, and I ended up in downtown Disney, so I went to the movies, and they were showing episodes of Adventure Time before the movie, and there was a reference to a King Crimson song. Yeah, it's pretty it. uh it's pretty psychodelic. Yeah, it was very <laughs> very weird. I must it must have been I think it was Scott I was talking to about cuz I think Scott's been watching it cuz his kids watch it. Right. So he ends up, you know, you have so. kids so you end up watching it. So well, I know I had to fight my daughter over it. I mean, there's all they only had one in the store and it's the one that they ordered for me. And Ah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Well, you just tell her. You'll get it one day. You're just going to have to wait a long time. <laughs> yeah, at least till she's uh, 16. Uh, but speaking of Archie, the first uh, Kevin Keller number one came out. The uh, the uh, the popular, uh, well, infamous or famous gay character, first gay character in Archie, has his own series now. And uh, what else did I get? A bunch of... Well, uh, well Scott and I had... Um... I, I want to say it's not Paul Cooperberg. It was um, Jeff Cooperberg. Cooperberg. Yeah. Who's well, oh, Alan, was Alan Cooperberg. Alan Cooperberg. Right. Was on our show, and he was. I don't know if he was writing on that book, but he was working on that book when they introduced that character. Yeah. And he was telling us about it, and and the the controversy and and the, the co- combination of controversy and the claim it was getting. Sort of like Glee. It was just sort of. I think it was basically like, was like, okay, Glee's making a lot of money. Where would be the appropriate? Pl- I mean, Archie is the closest thing to High School Musical <laughs> you got in the comic world, you know. For right, and and it, you know that's really what it is in a lot of ways. The way Archie's written, it's when you get into uh, the magazine version of Life with Archie, the Married Life. <laughs> They've got because they're all this. They show them when they're older, going through adult type things, and situate adult type situations. And uh, it's funny on the inside of the front cover it's kind of, of the, odd. I don't know. It is odd, but they've got the uh, I uh, dare I say a bit scandalous of 
because they show them all get married all the time. They got one of, of Kevin Keller getting married to some some black guy here. <laughs> black guy, big black guy. Uh, no, like, a very uh, studious uh, black guy actually. But there's a right. He's not like in chaps and with a with a Freddie oh, Mercury no. mustache and and stuff like, like that. And, and, the and Kevin biker Keller hat. is a, he's an army brat and. At least they got the, enough sense to have Mr. Weatherby in the background of it. So, <laughs> <laughs> oh, Mr. Weatherby, I always wondered about Mr. Weatherby. Anyway, he's kind of like the uh, the music teacher in The Simpsons. You just kind of had a feeling, you know. Our our music <laughs> teacher in our high school, yeah. <sighs> well, once I was out of high, you know, no, I was so stupid in high. Once I was out of high school, you know, my father was like, "Oh yeah," and I'm like, "What do you mean?" And he's just like, "Don't you know he's been living with the guy who runs the antique shop for the last twenty years?" And I'm like, <laughs> "Oh, oh, oh, yeah, okay, I see." <laughs> I thought they were just pen pals. I was like 23 years old, too, when my dad told me that. And I was like, what? what? <laughs> Scandalous. Yes. So, yeah. So, and let alone all the other bongo stuff that comes in. We'll have to talk about that some other time. We, bon- we, we could, yeah, bongo could. Bongo is like on the edge of being underground, but it comes from, Matt Groening comes from under comes from the underground let's face it he comes from oh you know, sure i mean him and gary panther were were you know they came up together you know yeah life in hell and stuff you know that was he was doing life in hell for no money and right just caught the eye of tracy ellman and that's the only reason he became the george lucas of <laughs> tv cartoons or whatever you know pretty much weekly so. tv cartoons so what else is new? Oh, so we went to go to the other comic book store in the mall to get that other Adventure Time. Uh huh. And they were closed, shut oh. their door. It's the big. Uh, that was the big news this week in our town. The the mall comic book shop closed. Oh, it was du- shut its doors forever. Yeah, gone. Yikes! Rent was due. Well, they had a couple other branches, but. Nothing on the Facebook, nothing on the website, no nothing. <laughs> so far, all our comic shops are holding fast here in Rochester, so. Yeah. Oh, that's right. You're going to talk about what you uh, oh, got yeah. now recently. Yeah, yeah, I did. I got, uh, I recently completed my Dan O'Neill's Comics and Stories. Congratulations. Yeah, I had both of, vol- you know, one and two of volume two, and I believe... Um, number one and number three of volume one I got from you on different occasions. Right. Um, this one I I scored off eBay, and it was pr- it it the way the way from the pictures which were hard to tell and the way he described it I think he described it as in good condition, and. He made it sound a lot worse than it is. I was very, very, very pleasantly surprised when it came in the mail, and I would say it's close to fine, bordering on, like, very fine condition. Now, which one's this? Is this the one where, uh... This is the one that's got Abe Lincoln and Fred from Odd Bodkins on a motorcycle. And oh, right, it's got right, the little right. bug guy shooting the Disney pig, the Disney three little pig with right. the commie, commie hat shooting him dead yeah he's 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 hunched over and bleeding right he, well yeah he's yeah he's like falling over from getting shot in the back because the the volume one the first three covers 
are all just like these characters and like the next one somebody sh- yeah some somebody else is getting shot and and it just sort of moves on down the line this whole episode is uh full is basically an odd bodkins adventure through the universe with uh Abe Lincoln so it's it's awesome ends up on Mars Dan O'Neill wrote a lot of comics about Mars <laughs> he did a lot of comics about Abe Lincoln too yeah he yeah. did a uh, one great comic in uh, Convolution Quarterly where he had this uh, recurring dream as a child that he was Abe Lincoln and he kept getting shot in the head at the end of it. So eventually he, or no, I'm sorry, it wasn't Abe Lincoln. It was Jesse James. I'm sorry, I'm completely wrong with that. But at the end, you know, he took over the dream and you know killed everybody else. Mm. But uh, I'm actually be going to be getting the. The, the last supplement of the Coevolution Quarterly, hopefully this weekend, should be fun to tear into. Great reading, yeah. So. Even though that stuff is 30, 40 years old, you, you can still find really cool stuff in it. And, it, I mean, it's just, yeah, it's solid reading and still kind of ahead of its time. I was really surprised. I was looking up the Coevolution Quarterlies on, on – uh, ebay and uh, i was shocked to see how much those things go for well you know i have like i have a full set and i was just like holy cow you know they're 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 one of those they're one of those like things that i'll never ever you know i'll have those till the day i die but i was just like holy cow i can't you know i can't believe that there's a market for them just that there's enough people who know about them and well, you know what they say, everything that's old is new again. <laughs> I guess so. It's it's also it doesn't hurt that there's like a lot of R crumb and stuff like well, that. Well exactly. I mean with you know, with the way Robert Crumb and Ken is Kesey. Ken Kesey, I mean, we're kinda getting to that point now where you know, forty fifty you know, that stuff is forty some odd years old. Yeah. You know, people are starting to appreciate that historically now. Well, Robert Crumb is up there now with like, you know, Carmine Infantino. I don't think he's as old as Carmine Infantino, but he's getting up there, actually. Yeah, he's close to 70, I think, now. And he's probably grumpier than normal comic guys, too, because he's our crumb, and he seems <laughs> kind of, you know, so he's probably crustier and achier and oh, achy sure. breakier than the, that's, your that's normal. That's why he's staying in France for everyone's benefit, right? <laughs> yeah, everybody's happier that way. Yeah. <laughs> Comes home once a year for the family reunion, or it was a couple of years, and that family reunion has got to be a. Oh man, wait till we do the crumb episode of this. Yeah, I know. I just oh, watched boy. watched a movie a couple of weeks ago. Oh jeez, yeah. From the local bro- library of all places, awesome. His brother Chuck is 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 an amazing character. Yeah, he was. But both his brothers are amazing characters, yeah, actually. Especially <laughs> when he's like lying on the bed of nails. <laughs> lying on the bed of nails shit that is one brother is like swallowing that that cloth ribbon oh, yeah. and then it comes out his ass same brother yeah 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 maxon max i think is yeah. and he's he also does comics also which are crazy in their own special way but maxon had like he was just feeding this thing through his bowel to clean him out whatever and and like yeah ass, ass <laughs> floss 
that you know i mean what if you're walking down the street that shit gets caught on a passing motorcycle or something you know you're in trouble man you're in big trouble and just don't hop any fences (laughs) oh shit (laughs) yeah explain that one to when they come to cut you down all right dennis warden yes Stick Boy. Well, you know, first thing that comes to most people's mind is Stick Boy. Although I would say that, you know, Stick Boy didn't come out until like the late 80s. And he's he's been around for a long time before that. Yeah. He did. uh, He was in Weirdo for a while. He was in Ripoff Comics. Well, I noticed when I was reading one of the Stick Boys, he was telling a story of his youth and he's like, blah 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 you know all this happened you know 20 odd years ago and i'm just like holy cow that's right yeah and uh he did a bunch of mini comics back in the uh mid 80s him and mary fleener until i love mary fleener yeah everyone loves mary fleener don't they and then uh they should they should um and then he finally came out with stick boy number one out of what I think in 1988 and that's great because it's just the picture of him of stick boy which if you've never seen it you just go online it's a stick figure with a round head with two big black eyes and a pointy nose and a great big disgusting letters underneath stick boy number one it says FTW <laughs> yep I don't know if he came up with FTW but uh he sure used it a lot um, yeah. The, the stick, the stick boy comic I'm going to talk about. When you open up the front cover of it, it's just like a big FTW with devils and poison spiders and factories spewing, <laughs> you know, uh, smoke into the air and killer robots. <laughs> but it's funny because, you know, we all have our moments. The first time we see Stick Boy, and, and for me, it was like. I saw a stick boy number six. I found it in a 50 cent bin at my favorite local shop back in like 94, 95. And that sounds probably about what I did too. And it was weird because this place was hardcore superhero, no underground whatsoever. Tons and tons of great Marvel and DC silver and bronze, but no underground. And there was just like this one stick boy is like stuck out like a sore thumb. And it was number six which is just completely insane. That's the white one with the black black and white cover. Mm-hmm. I, I have that one. I couldn't find it for tonight, but I have that one somewhere. I, I, all my under, I'm, after this episode, I'm going to go through my undergrounds and get them all in one place because they're spread out through all my long boxes. Yeah, it's easy to do. It takes a long time with them because the runs are typically so much shorter. But, the runs uh, are shorter, and sometimes there's like two years between issues. And yeah, and that's like the that. way it was with Stick Boy. I mean, the first one came out in like '87, and the last one just came out like '05. He found like the actually our buddy at uh, Carnal Comics, you know, Dan's associated with those guys, did the return of Stick Boy number eight, and he kind of gives a synopsis of a lot of that stuff. But you know, it's the thing about Worden and you think about stick boy you think about stick figures is he's it's really he's actually a very talented artist he isn't drawing just stick figures i mean he has a lot to say and he actually can draw yes 
And that's why I picked um, Acid Boy as my favorite one of the of the lot that I was able to pull out of my thing. Because Acid Boy is, yeah, what was it? Probably about 94, I'm thinking. It came out some, somewhere around there, 94, 95. It's a reprint of Stick Boy number two. But it also has one of his other comics called uh, Suburban Teens on Acid. Right, which I, I have both of those, so I didn't pick up Acid Boy. But, uh, yeah, the Suburban Teens on Acid's great. That's, Only... Now, that's where you get to see a little more of his, you know, more classic underground illustrative style, you know, where it's it's very similar to, like, J.R. Williams yeah. and, you know, and uh, maybe Chester Brown to a to an extent where it's it's simple black and white it's black and white art and um it's very simple when you see it at first but it's very well composed and uh you know like in 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 acid boy in the suburban teens on acid there's you know the first story of them they're all sitting in a playground and they're smoking pot and they're they're talking about taking acid it's very traditional you know it's very uh you know, it reads. It reads like it's laid out like a real comic book, and and um, then you see another story in there where they go to Disneyland, and it's a little more of a rough style, right? But it's it's detailed and it and it's more it fits the style of the story. So he changes his his style. There's one in here of where he had just a really bad acid trip, and a guy freaked out, you know, and ended up in the loony bin. And that story, a lot of the temptation with people drawing like LSD stories is to have like all the swirly psychedelic, you know, right. hippie, trippy. This stuff is like scraggly, scratched on. You know, it's 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 almost it's it almost it's visually painful to the eye to see. Yeah, it's frantic. Mm-hmm. And uh, it you know it describes that element of of LSD, and then. And then there's like five pages of, or like two pages of doodles of exactly the like psychedelic, you know, um, underground cartoon art that you would expect of just like, you know, weird, goofy stuff. But then there's a couple more traditional stories that are just like uh, stories of his youth. But then again, he's got a lot that I think they're reprinted from mini comics because they're just little square panels of, you know, crazy figures and stuff like that. So that's probably taken from a mini comic, you know. Yeah, it's funny that that two-page thing with the doodles you're talking about. It actually reminds me a lot of this uh, obscure comic book artist from the '60s called uh, Buckwheat Florida Jr. I'm not sure if hmm. I've spoken with you about him, but he um, he did a bunch of the early Yellow Dogs from back in the '60s, and uh, had his own comic book called Suds. But that's all I've ever seen him do, and it looks just like this. It's funny how Worden changes all his different styles. What I liked about Suburban Teens on Acid was that, you know, okay, you've got the auto-bio thing working here, but you got an auto-bio of a person from, you know, Southern California, Central California, back in the late 60s and the early 70s. Early 70s, And yeah. it's really kind of cool to see someone tell their story and you know kind of give you a slice of life of you know you see all the flash well, with all the different bands and musicians and 
But, you know, what was it like to be into that sort of stuff when it was happening? Well, it's funny. They talk about how permissive our society is these days. Oh, my God. I read these stories of these, like, teenagers in the, in the early 70s. Yeah. And, like, well, you know, he lived in a dysfunctional house. There's one story where he's talking about, you know, if he did his chores, he would get, like, a carton of cigarettes yeah. or, uh, or some wine from his mom. Right. But, you know, you get this story, and there's so many stories in it. It was probably in California, especially around that time period, where the kids were just running free. They were doing drugs like you right. know, full-grown adults. Right, exactly. You know, in high school. And the and these stories show it. It's, it's, it makes kids today look, out, look tame, you know. When you see, you know, he has one story about one friend who was really into drugs and was, you know, kind of the crazy guy who took things too far ended up drowning in a pool of water right. and you know his friend just like to burn things and stuff like that who actually ended up all right and still has a big fire pit and stuff but it's great you know he's you know i mean that story of that friend who would do anything to get a rise out of people and liked blowing things everybody's got right got one of those but it, it's it's interesting i mean that that's really cool but um you know, and, and the other things that he did, too, besides that, he had a bunch of other, um, Warden had a bunch of other stuff as well, besides Stick Boy that he was doing, um, before, I think even while he was doing it, like the floating, was it the floating skull? The floating skull, yeah. The floating skull was one of them. There was, uh, it's like Tommy the Teen, I think was one of them. Mm-hmm. I remember, I, I, I've been going through a ton of anthologies comics lately and uh, uh, the Wizards of Shit is one of my ones I've come across recently that he I've did. never seen the Wizards of Shit it sounds <laughs> intriguing though yeah but um, but you know obviously Stick Boy is his bread and butter I mean he even did he actually has a couple of videos of Stick Boy that he there's had an for ad his... for him in here yeah and so in, in, I don't know if it's in this one or if it's in a, a different issue but uh, there's one issue where he's like, oh, I think it might be issue like four or something. He's like, you don't have to strain your eyes reading it anymore. And he's like, but this is not animation. This is puppets. And I'm like, oh, gee, cut out puppets. Like, oh, my God. we're. <laughs> I'd like to see that. I might have to go on YouTube and see if somebody's posted that. You, you know? know, that's a, probably a good point because I've been kind of the same way. It's like I'm curious enough to watch it, but I'm not curious enough to fork over the... Not that I want to support local artists or, or artists in general, but well, who knows if you can? It was fifteen dollars for a videotape, a VHS in the 90s. tape, and then, yeah, yeah, in the nineties. So <laughs> who knows? Wh- right, or the, either that, or he probably has boxes of them somewhere, you know. But yeah, um, do you still have a VHS player? I do because I have a young kid, so we yeah. still watch Disney on VHS, old school. Yeah, <laughs> whatever works. But the, the the stick boy part of this is just it's it's I was trying to think of how I would de- how I d- would describe stick boy comics and I guess you know I would describe it as sort of being like Dennis Warden has taken his all the aspects of his personality and divided them up into different stick boys like you've got the regular stick boy who's you right. know, a stick figure with a oval head. Right. But then you've got the square, the cube-headed 
uh, stick boy. Who's from who's a parallel universe. In a parallel, well, there's always stuff, go like every time something happens, <laughs> a lot of times you'll see the parallel universe version of it happening, which is always hilarious. And then there's another one with a pyramid head. A pyramid head. There's one with a marshmallow who has a marshmallow for a head. Yeah. And their personalities all sort of go along with the shapes of their head. There's a sort of weird punk rock guy who looks like Mac tonight with a hamburger face and a yeah. skirt who's talking to a bug that's in, not inside a dead dog's asshole, but inside a dead pog's asshole because we're in another universe. So it's like a dog, but it's not quite a pog. And at one point, you know, the bug jumps inside the marshmallow head um, stick boy and is eating his brains. and the, But all the while it's going on, it's this whole, you know, psychological discussion about his depression and nihilism and just stuff that sounds like, let me here's two here's two panels and tell me if this doesn't sound like the most dreary like downer shit you've ever read and those children playing blissfully without a care in the world soon they'll be cruelly torn out of their contented state of naive naivety and when the heinous human greed machine grinds their fresh little souls into hamburger as it careens wildly towards oblivion destroying the whole world in its wake and this lovely senior citizen is he enjoying the park or is he so vegged out on medication that he scarcely knows where he is his doctors and the drug companies have no doubt bled him dry of every penny he had saved up through the decades of wage slavery to a chemical company that in honor of his long years of service gave him cancer <laughs> sounds that just sounds like I, that doesn't sound like something I'd want to read. But when you look at the happy, <laughs> cartoony, there's a plane crashing in the background. It's you know the, it's like it's like a demented child's drawing. It automatically you can't take it seriously. No, because you can't. It's, it's every like... time, every time it starts getting bleak and depressing in the conversation. Something just goofy, ridiculous, or just flat-out hilarious. You know, there's a, you know, he's talking about how horrible the world is and how everybody's causing everybody pain but him. And meanwhile, he's you know crushes a whole family of bugs who are having their happy picnic. And then he's like, oh, I guess I stepped on some ugly little bugs, and then goes along and keeps complaining. Yeah, and hey, what's what's funny is is you know, is is. You know, shocking as number one was, number two I think is 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 one of my favorites because it's just so well rounded in so many different ways. Because as as it progresses, you know, especially when you start getting into four and five, six and seven are just like manic. He's just, <laughs> it's just like it's it's like super intense. It's just like it's almost hard to get through because it's just. He's just spouting off so much. He's got so much to say, and <laughs> oh, it's 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 totally like a philosophical internal monologue, and it does go somewhere. Right, it'll go somewhere and then switch and then go somewhere else. But Dor it, it you can Dork never take Evan it. Dorkin goes that way in his comic book Dork sometimes, where it gets to the point where it's just like, holy crap, is this guy gonna live? You know? <laughs> <laughs> and then he kind of brings, it, you know, then he. They gives you a little uh, rim shot there. Yeah, yeah, and and it's and you know it's hard to take serious because at the same time it's just mockery, mocking self serious artists and and um, you know people who ta who take themselves so seriously and, and and mope around and stuff like that. So 
Mm-hmm. There's just there's just so much going on in it. It's 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 awesome. It's I mean, obviously a lot of the, the It's um, it's very intelligent. Oh yeah. I mean that's it the doesn't thing. Seem, it's just like it, Well it, it seems really stupid too. When you look at the art It seems really stupid. It seems well, really rude. Yeah, there's lots of buttholes and, and poop and, and you know, people it, get their heads cut off. And, and it has got negativity and it is a bit nihilistic, but it's it's very intelligent and it, it works. It's it's Well that's the thing with a lot of these is a lot of these underground cartoonists, you know, maybe are struggling more with like some depression and stuff and so, you know, they're they're using their work to 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 deal with it and to express it and all that. But at the same time, there's that element of the, the spazzed out kid on Pepsi in class, sure, you know, just writing busy, you know, stupid little cartoons to crack rude little cartoons to, to crack up his buddies. Right. You know, it's this, uh, this in a lot of ways, I think this probably, I don't know, you know, this sort of, I don't know if it had an effect on Kevin Smith, but this was sort of ahead of the whole Kevin Smith meta conversa- conversation that that nobody would have in real life mixed with humor, right. mixed with base humor, you know, just crude, crude guy humor that people use to crack each other up, you know. Right. I mean, the, this was Acid Boy was printed on Starhead Comics, and the logo is a friendly little star with body hair, underarm hair, and a swinging dick. <laughs> Gotta love it. Smiley face. Yeah, exactly. That's a, you know, and the back covers a um, race between the tortoise and the hare, and you know, just as they're ready to go, they get run over by a truck. Yeah, that's the last <laughs> panel. And it's funny because, you know, number seven came out, I think in like ninety, I think that came out in like ninety seven or ninety nine, ninety, you know, late late nineties. Then you thought that was it. He had killed off Stick Boy. He killed himself off in Stick Boy in number six. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then he killed him Stick Boy off again in number seven. <laughs> and then it, well, didn't, it didn't Stick Boy just get killed at the end of number one, too? And Stick basically Boy, just yeah. gets reborn, yeah. you know, reborn as a baby in number two, you know? Right. But um, number eight's good. I was so pleasantly surprised to see that one come out a few years ago in 05 because. Um, I, th- I think Warden at this point is kind of at a different phase of his life, you know. I'm not sure what happened, whether he moved or or whatnot, but, you know, it, it just seemed a little more, dare I say, mature, even though it isn't. I mean, what he's saying uh-huh. isn't, but compared to, like, if you look at the letters pages of all his old comics, I mean, they're they're crazy. I mean, the notes that he gets and the illustrations that he puts that he gets from people, and they're hilarious letters. And this one, well, they were sort of like in the '60s, you know, when they'd get letters and stuff. It'd be like, "Hey, man, I smoked a joint and read your comic, and right. his it was punk rock. It exactly, was like, it was very man. punk rock." Yeah, you know, I read this comic when I'm, you know, fucking my dog with a knife, you know, and stuff like that. You know, people trying to, like, up the, and, oh, yeah, I was reading your comic and I put a safety pin through my skull. Exactly. But what's nice about this one is, is he kind of, he, you know, the first page, kind of like a preface, he uh, kind of gives a rundown about, about what Stick Boy is and his opinion and, 
you know, what's he say here? He says that uh, that he's making fun of nihilism and negativity. And, yeah, that's exactly what he just said. Same sort of thing. I mean, he's just airing out his own personal hell in a humorous sort of format. But what's right. nice about number eight is, is that it's like a double comic where the first half is kind of a summary of, like, all the other ones. And then he has his own 22-page comic afterwards. So it's kind of like he's kind of come to peace a little bit about a lot of those demons for all I could tell through a guy in his stick boy art but you know it's good stuff he does a lot of paintings now too if you look you know I go online even his website and stuff like that um, it seems like he's doing that like he's painting you know he's got paintings and he's also got like he paints mouse traps and objects and stuff mm-hmm. so but yeah, um, always been a fan. One of the first underground things that I kind of latched onto back in the '90s, which you know. Well, I think I think the thing about I I remember you see because I always used to go to Comics Etc., which always had, especially in the '90s, Comics Etc. and and Comic Book Heaven always had the undergrounds, you know, right. and and Comic Book Comics Etc. was right next door to where I worked so Friday I would get my paycheck and I'd go right over to the comic shop and like at that point there was so much stuff coming out it's crazy I haven't comics haven't I haven't shopped for comics like this in so long where I would go in and it would be just like I would grab myself a nice stack of comics and half of them were stuff I'd never seen before right and there was always a good you know um, I don't know if he sold a lot of them but I think he liked those comics so there was always a good collection of uh undergrounds there and alternative stuff especially you know in the 90s through the early aughts well there is no underground comics so much anymore i mean mean, yeah he still gets everything that comes out but there's hardly anything that comes out anymore you know every once in a while you know the hernandez brothers were they were putting stuff out pretty regularly and now they've sort of slowed down a little bit yeah but they all do graphic novels now klaus crumb right you know the only one who does it is uh it's a optic nerve he's making jokes the whole time about it about oh why you know about why he people's like watch well, do a graphic novel like everybody else does Ooh, you know that's why it's so surprising to see that Corbin comic come out. I'm like, where the heck did that come from? How old is he by now, you figure? Uh, I don't know. I have no idea. I mean, I'm figuring he's got to be like in his 70s and, or, uh, he's or gonna, something he's like that. He's probably in at least in his 60s. Because, uh, geez, I remember back when I was a kid, I was reading all the, I was reading all this stuff in like heavy metal and... 1984 comics which yeah. turned into 1994 comics and stuff like that and I mean he'd been around for a while then too he was like a he was like a cla- he was I always got the impression then cuz this stuff came out so infrequently that he was probably old and it took a long time to do anything I don't know Either that or he's very painstaking that, I don't know I mean, I I always think of his peak as like when the heavy metal movie came out. That was when everybody like. Knew oh, I got a bunch of his stuff from the early seventies, though. A bunch of his. He he did a ton of early seventies underground comics between. I'll probably miss misquote a couple of them here, but I think uh, Skull Comics 
and uh, a lot of that last gas stuff from the early 70s, you know, um, Tales from the, was it Up From the Deep, that was a good one. Yeah, I'll have to go check that out in uh, comicsjointsometime.com. Comicjoint.com. Yeah. I'm trying to think of what the first Richard Corbin I ever saw. It was in 1984, and I can't remember. I wanted it's not. It wasn't Den because that was from Heavy Metal. Yeah. It was um, something Mutant World. That's what it was called. Mutant World. Yeah. Mutant World, and you were almost always guaranteed to have some nudity in Richard Corbin. You gotta love it. That's. I mean, that's. He 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 obviously. Sex sells, but Corbin is like um, R. Crumb and Russ Meyer, the filmmaker, where he's got very specific tastes. Now, Russ Meyer's tastes were gigantic Bubinskis, so all his actresses had gigantic Bubinskis and were usually very, like, um, dominatrixy like women. But once you get to R. Crumb and, like... Um, Richard Corbin, all his women sort of look the same. You know, they're all sort of built the same. They all sort of have the same face. You can just tell that he's just like, ah, yes. And now I'm going to craft a beauty. And it's it's very strange, but always fun. Well, I, I don't know. I, I think that's about all we should really say about Dennis Warden, except go out and seek some out. Ask your local comic shop to order some up, or look look back in the in the grown up part of your uh, where they keep the porno comics. Yeah, well, that's I'm where you sure can how find. Many, I'm not sure how many stick boys you're gonna find. I haven't. You seen never a, know. You never know. That's true. I haven't seen a stick boy comic in the racks in a while, but who's to say you won't? Well, there's a lot of shops that have, like, basically the equivalent of the 50 cent or the back issue bin of alternatives, or that's what their whole alternative section will be like sometimes, you know? Sometimes you get that. A lot of times I've been to a lot of places where their focus is, is, you know, the big, the the superhero stuff. They'll They'll sell you undergrounds no matter what they are for cover price, so. Exactly. I mean, they may not be the first printings, but who cares? It's about reading. Sometimes the they are, though. Or, Sometimes you know. they are. It's all about reading the stories with the stuff and getting it into your your greasy little paws, you know. Yeah. So who do you think we should do uh, next time? I don't know. We could do all sorts of stuff. We'll have to figure that out. You know. Uh, do you have any thoughts? Are you thinking still yeah. trying? Um. Jeez. I mean, there's a there's a million things. I'd actually almost rather like decide it after the show after after we get done with the show and maybe keep it as a surprise or if there's anybody who has anybody that they they would like us to talk about maybe we can do that I mean I would limit that to stuff that Jack and I have already read so if we get something that we're familiar enough and could talk shit about it enough we'll definitely do that sure or if it's timely you know if someone's got mm-hmm. something else coming out or something new that's coming or or if you're making your own comic, that probably makes you an underground comic or indie comic. If you're one of those, tell us about it. We'll definitely love to plug plug your comic on yeah, our show. Absolutely. So all right. All right. Well we'll see you next time on the funny book underground. Um, 
as always, it's been a pleasure. <laughs> I don't know. That just feels unnatural for me saying shit like that. Uh, I was going to say the pleasure is all yours. Yes, it is. <laughs> so fuck you. <laughs> oh, yeah, look. A, I'm your little better... puppet. <laughs> Watch me dance. Ew. Yeah, that's a much more appropriate ending for the show. <laughs> Do you ever find yourself going to Amazon.com and uh, buying some record or movie or some stupid thing that two true freaks have been talking about so that you can catch up on it or you've been reminded of it or something? Well, now, how about this? Instead of going to Amazon.com, go to twotruefreaks.libson.com and follow our link to Amazon.com. When you do that, if you buy something over at Amazon, we get a little cut out of it, which is awesome because we love money and it won't cost you a thing. Did you know you can sponsor an episode of this or any other of your favorite Two True Freaks affiliated shows? That's right. Simply click the PayPal link on our website, donate any amount at all, tell us which show you're choosing and what message, if any, you'd like us to read on your behalf, and you will be an official sponsor of that show's very next episode with your message read in the show's opener. It's that easy. And there is no minimum donation. Be a show sponsor today. Visit our website at twotruefreaks.libson.com. Two True Freaks is always spelled T-W-O-T-R-U-E-F-R-E-A-K-S. Libson is spelled L-I-B-S-Y-N. You can email Two True Freaks directly at twotruefreaks at gmail.com. Join our forum at forumforgeeks.com, where you can discuss all of the shows on our feed with us and your fellow listeners. You can find Two True Freaks on Facebook. Just search for Two True Freaks. And hey, you can friend me, Scott Gardner, on Facebook too. My name is spelled S-C-O-T-T-G-A-R-D-N-E-R. You can friend me on Facebook, too, if you can find me. Now available, Two True Freaks t-shirts. See our website for details. Two True Freaks is a very proud member of the Comics Podcast Network. You can check that out at www.comicspodcast.com, where you can hear our new episodes when we put them up. We are also members of the League of Comic Book Podcasts. For more information, visit comicbooknoise.com slash league. If you ever leave your house and you actually have friends, why don't you tell them about Two True Freaks? Thanks for listening, and join us every Monday for new episodes of Two Two True True Freaks. Two True Freaks has been brought to you today by DeManzo Corps of Milan, Italy, and by the letters F and U.